This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of the Yankees Magazine podcast is brought to you by the MLB app. Yankees baseball is always live with the MLB app. Follow the action with game tracking and video highlights, along with up-to-the-moment stats, standings, breaking news, and more. Download the MLB app today. It's your number one app for Yankees baseball. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Yankees Magazine Podcast. It is Thursday, June 4th right now. I have to point out it is one day before my daughter Ava's fifth birthday, so that's pretty exciting. I'm John Schwartz. I'm the deputy editor of Yankees Magazine. With me right now, we have our editor-in-chief, Al Sanasiri. Happy birthday, Ava. (laughs) Thank you very much. I'll pass that along. (laughs) Please do. And of course, also joining us, we have our executive editor, Nathan Makaborski. Hello, everybody, and happy birthday, Ava. Five is a big year. It is. It is. She'll be very excited to hear that she is a uh, religious listener to the Yankees Magazine podcast. Um, and, and I'm sure a huge Yankees fan, too. Absolutely. She can't get enough of it. So <laughs> obviously, you know, we, we could start this the way we always do by saying, hey, how you guys doing and what's going on? And, and I think everyone knows the answer right now is that no one's doing really great. And never have I wanted baseball more than right now, just because everything else is pretty terrible. Guys, though, I am pretty... Uh, gratified, if you will, by the fact that we are still getting to work on some baseball stuff, work on preparing for whatever might be with the 2020 season, and also going through the archives the way we have been. Nate, you've been doing a lot of work lately in terms of looking through some Yankees magazine history and finding some great pieces that we've been able to put up on the yankees.com slash magazine site been kind of enjoyable. I have a, a pretty uh, robust library of Yankees magazines uh, back issues here at home. So I figured while we're kind of uh, on pause here in terms of no no current you know baseball to, to write about, I just kind of started going through some of our older stuff and uh, was reminded of, of some of the great stories that we've written in years past. Um, and so since our stories just started going online, I guess about four or five years ago, um, I kind of identified some stories from from years prior that uh, I thought are kind of evergreen, you know, stories that I feel like uh, while Yankees fans are, are patiently waiting here to, to see what happens with the 2020 season uh, might help them uh, kill a little time and, and remember, uh, you know, what it is about Yankees baseball that we enjoy so much. It's times like this, I feel like, when you when you realize that it's not simply the – fastballs and the hit and runs and things like that that you love about baseball and 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 i think for me the reason i know this is and 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 we've addressed this before but you know i can't 
get into the Korean baseball like I had hoped I would or like I even wanted to. And and I think the the reason is because it's about baseball's about the traditions and, and your personal connection to it. It's for the same reason I'm not finding there to be that huge of a difference between Korean baseball and NASCAR or UFC. They're they're things that are on right now, but I can't just force myself to care out of nowhere. And and, and I think I really expected that I would be able to right away. And part of that, I feel at least, it, it, it lies directly in the two most recent stories that you chose to put up, Nate. You know, one of them about Freddie says, may his memory be a blessing, um... The characters like that around the stadium, that's what makes going to Yankee Stadium special. It's not the baseball. It's it, its what's around you. I mean, watching baseball on TV is pretty great, but when you're there and you get to feel those experiences of, you know, in the past, something like Freddy, currently, you know, the judges chambers or the bleacher creatures, that's what we're missing right now. Baseball will be back, we know, but, but it's these experiences night after night after night that I find is what's what I'm really missing. I agree with both of you guys. Um, Nate, you've done a great job of identifying um, some really special stories. And I know many, many years ago, I, I was thinking about this today, you know, something I, I start kind of bragging about was kind of the breadth of, of Yankees magazine and how we cover, you know, the Yankees in every way, shape or form, and not just in a conventional way. But I remember stories besides the one on Freddie Says, which is, you know, a kind of a you know, a famous and, and important fan in the in the stadium. But we did a story on the on the sod that was, you know, that's used uh, at the stadium. We've done stories on the bats and, and you know, having done a story in, in Louisville Slugger Company. We've done stories on really every facet of what makes Yankee Stadium go, what makes the Yankees the Yankees. And and there's a lot of uncovered things that that people don't even think about that we've brought to light so the the freddie says story really i think was a great example of that and, and i'm glad that people have a, a chance to read it again yeah you know i think uh john you might have done one the one on uh how the plaques are made right and, and how it's been the same uh company producing the plaques in monument park all these years that was so much fun <laughs> yeah but you know to, to go back to what you kind of alluded to john i think what we're all sort of craving right now and missing is that sense of community. Some, sometimes the game becomes such that y you end up slapping five and, and, and getting to know some of the people. And it might just be for nine innings, but those are part of the memories that just, you know, they seem so distant now. But when you think about them, uh, it's really what we're missing on, on so many levels. So, you know, when I, when I read the uh, Freddie Says story, which was written by Craig Tapper, who was a longtime editor for us. He's since moved on, but uh, it came out in 2009, I believe. I was just reminded of that. And Freddie Says was so ingrained in, in Yankee Stadium. I mean, he was this guy who would be at every home game with his homemade signs and uh, always positive, always cheering on the Yankees. And uh, he would hold up the signs and attached to it was the, the pan. Uh, that had a you know a four leaf clover on it for good luck, and he would traverse the stands, and he had a spoon that he would hand to fans, and you would grab the spoon and tap on the pan, and it was supposed to bring the Yankees good luck, and it's just one of those kind of unique Yankee Stadium traditions, and it, you know it was far from the only one. You know you think about everything from the roll call to the the two strike clap YMCA. Everything that makes Yankee Stadium unique. It's both fun and sad to think about stories like that right now. I also feel like it's really important to be mindful, even in 
times like this that are obviously, you know, very, very uncertain that, you know, while there is that uncertainty, and I know we talked about this the last time, you know, while there is that uncertainty, you know, baseball is going to return. <laughs> we don't know when, we don't know how, but it is going to return. And, and, you know, ultimately, so many of the things that we are yearning for now, we're going to get. I just wanted to offer that at least positive opinion, which is maybe all that it is at this point, but that's certainly how I feel and, and certainly something that's a, a motivator for me these days. One thing that I keep going back to, Nate, because you just mentioned this about the community in your section, I've never been a huge hugger. I don't know what it is, but I am like a world-class high-fiver. <laughs> and, and, you know, it just occurred to me all the times, like one of my favorite things at a baseball game is whenever there's a home run or anything like that, to look to someone who I've never met, never spoken to, tap him on the shoulder and make sure we give a high-five to each other and then smile and, Al, oh, you're right, baseball's going to come back. I wonder if that's going to come back, though. And, and, and that makes me a little sad right now. That's not the big tragedy of the day, obviously. But it is certainly at this moment easy to talk about all the things that we will get back eventually someday. It is worth also, I think, just pointing out, you know, just some things probably are never going to be exactly the same. And I think it's going to take a lot of getting used to. I think, I think the best we can do, though, in the moment is do everything possible to get back the things we can get back. But I think the other thing we need to do is also cherish these things in the moment a little better and recognize what we have and recognize what we love and celebrate the things we love. I was talking to my neighbor the other day, and uh, I don't even remember what the subject was. I, th I think, honestly, it was about the fact that he – I had no idea he was a big fish fan, which I used to be. But he was saying he's been spending a, a lot of his time – fish the band, not the food. Although he likes fish the food too. He, he said, you know – He's, he's never going to not go to a concert again. He's never going to just say, eh, I'm too busy to do this or I don't really want to do this. And, and it really made me think of all the times. Sure, you know, a lot of times it's a money issue. A lot of times it's a family, child care issue or whatever. But how many times do we just like say no to doing something that will bring us joy? And there's still going to be times that we can't do the things. But I know for me personally, it's just, you know, whether it's baseball or whether it's anything else, I, I hope that I come out of this with an appreciation of the things that we get to do and a determination to do as much as I can. I haven't run enough races in the last couple of years. You just made me realize that. <laughs> <laughs> I got to I got to just be a little bit more aggressive, I think. I you know, I let too many of them slip by. Now, I agree with you though. I mean, it's 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 true. You know, I feel the same way. There's there's certain things I I look at that you know, not even taking for granted or not doing them, but like, I just thought, oh, you know, I'll, I'll do it when I have time to do it. I'll do it next year. I'll do it this, you know, and you know, that's the feeling I have is sometimes you have to seize the moment because maybe those opportunities aren't going to be there. And, and that's really important. And, um, and more so now than, than ever, I will say as a parent and you guys are parents as well, you know, Father's Day is coming up soon here, a couple of weeks, you know, there, there are things we are we are very very fortunate to have had all all of us time with our children that I can't even imagine would have we would have come close to having uh, prior to this and and that's been at least I, I I'll speak for myself but I, I sure I'm sure I could speak for both of you guys in that respect and for a lot of people who you know who are who are in similar situations um, you know a great a great thing so sometimes you know there's there's things you you can't do, and and who knows when they'll they'll be able to be done. The spectacular things, but some of the simple things that 
maybe there wasn't enough time to do in the past. There definitely is now. And, and that's been a pretty sweet thing in a time of tremendous uh, unrest and, and, and uncertainty and, and, and obviously tragedy uh, on, on many levels. That's really well put, Al. So in addition to the story about Freddie Says, I mentioned, we also just threw up a story, I believe, from 2012, when Yankee Stadium was lit, is the headline. It's about the first night game at Yankee Stadium. You know, I, I hope you'll stick with us. We, we, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to talk about some projects we're working on for the future. But again, we're kind of at the mercy of the baseball gods right now, and we'll see what happens. But Definitely uh, one joy for me has been the work, like I said, that Nate has done in kind of unearthing some of these older stories and figuring out ways along with Gary Phillips and Shade Crink's rifles to get these online. So I hope that you all will go to yankees.com slash magazine. And while we wait for current real-time content, at least enjoy some of the stuff from the past. Uh, So it's a cool project we're working on. Check it out. In the meantime, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back to, like I said, discuss a few things that we have coming up someday so stick with us hi this is Gleyber Torres you are listening to Yankees Magazine podcast deep to left Yastrzemski will not get it to home run a three run home run for Buckington the Yankees now lead it by a score three to two Hey folks, it's Bucky Dent. I'm proud to be part of a new podcast on Yankees Magazine Podcast Network called Deep to Left with Bucky Dent. Every other Tuesday, we'll bring you a new episode chatting about great moments from Yankee history with some of my best friends from a career in the game. We'll look at what's happening with the current team, share some memories, and no surprise, we'll even discuss a little homer I hit one credible day in Fenway Park. Download Deep to Left with Bucky Dent at yankees.com slash podcast or at the podcast app of your choice. Can't wait to speak with you soon. This episode is also brought to you by MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand with MLB.tv. Your subscription also includes the MLB app Premium, allowing you to stream live baseball with your favorite supported devices. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Welcome back. Thank you for sticking with us. And someday, as I pointed out, baseball will come back. Al, I, I mentioned before, I liked your, your optimism that it'll be soon. Thank you. We have, while we've been away, we've been not only working on some stuff to get ready for this moment, but we've been working on things that we prepared back when the world seemed kind of normal during spring training. I think it's interesting as we wait to get this stuff up and as we wait to figure out exactly both what our publishing schedule is going to be and what the world is going to look like and certainly what baseball is going to look like, I thought we could at least just talk a little bit about some of these projects that that, that have been on our mind for the last couple of, of weeks and months. There's there's a million reasons that I'm <laughs> you know frustrated and bummed and upset and scared and anxious. One thing that I'm really disappointed about is Nate I was really looking forward to reading that piece on Rachel Balkovich, a minor league hitting coach for the Yankees. Nate, you got to speak to her during spring training. What can we look forward to in that story? Yeah, I was really excited to uh, to speak with Rachel. Um, 
like you mentioned, she was hired by the Yankees as a, a hitting coach uh, down in the minor leagues. She works with uh, a lot of the younger guys. I, I think she was, uh, you know, gearing up to be kind of stationed uh, working with like the Gulf Coast League guys this year. Um, but, you know, obviously that was before everything got shut down. Um, but we had just an amazing conversation. I kind of like, I, I read a lot of articles about her, but also she has a blog and I was reading like all of her postings before we spoke and I just kind of knew it w- she was going to be awesome to talk to. She's just got a really great outlook on life. And um, sure enough, it was a phenomenal interview. Um, she was just, could not have been cooler. And, um, you know, then after that, uh, she allowed our, our photographer, Ari Goldman Heck, to uh, really spend a lot of time with her down in Tampa and get some great, great photos. So I'm really excited about that story. We spoke for a long time. I, I'll probably try and, and uh, circle back and, and speak to her again before I, we actually publish the, the story just because so much time has elapsed. Although, you know, our conversation was really kind of like a lot of big picture stuff. I mean, obviously being the first female coach in Yankees history, you know, that, that's sort of a, a big ticket item that, you know, it doesn't matter when that story runs. It's always going to be of interest. But she was just great. And I, I really think, uh, you know, readers are going to enjoy getting to know her a little bit and, and finding out what she's all about. That's so much fun. I really I really can't wait to to read that one. Al, we mentioned this a little bit yesterday when we were having a phone call of our own. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I What I am used to is being in your office on a daily basis and getting regaled with stories about the latest race, your run <laughs> that morning, a, 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 anything of the sort. Partly... It's something you do because your boss wants to talk to you about it. You listen. Uh, I, I will say another part of it is because, as you've mentioned, you've basically been working on one story about these races for years now. And that was a story that was going to run fairly soon. Obviously, it still will run. You know, this has been there. There are labors of love. And then there's this story for which you have, you know, you you must have really loved it for all the miles you've put on. But you have been essentially tracing Babe Ruth's life in the course of road races. And I'd love if you would talk a little bit about what readers can look forward to in that story. A couple of years ago, I had this, this idea. I was doing a race, uh, a 10K race um, up at the, base, uh, the National Baseball Hall of Fame. And the way that the, the course was laid out was where the, the last, I think, half mile or so kind of detoured off of Main Street went onto this side road and, and then kind of, you know, weaved its way back to Main Street and then back to um, Doubleday Field. So I asked the, the former president of the Hall of Fame, um, Jeff Idelson, another, you know, a marathon runner and, and, and avid runner and good friend of mine, you know, why, why did this road detour the way that it did? And he explained that when they had the first Hall of Fame induction, which was 1939, the inductees, including Babe Ruth, got off at this old train station and walked uh, basically that mile from that train station to the, where the Hall of Fame is now, and that's where the ceremony was. So it, it kind of made me think about, you know, that was a really cool race. I did really well in it. I, I think I placed third or something, and, and that was really cool. And, and I started to think, boy, you know, this is really neat. I literally ran you know, the steps that Babe Ruth walked when he was, you know, going to this, this seminal 
event in, in his life, getting into the, to the Hall of Fame and, and, and being part of the first class. So I'm driving home from Cooperstown, and I started to think about other opportunities that I had to run races that trace the, the steps of, of not just any moments in his life, but seminal moments in his life. And I started very quickly just to, to kind of brainstorm. And I was planning to, I think that summer, I was already registered for a race at Fenway Park, where, of course, his Major League Baseball began. I had already run the Baltimore Half Marathon. That was really neat because where he was born in the house that he, his family then moved to a couple years later, in, in, you know, in the inner Harbor there in Baltimore, we're also on the route. <laughs> so it was like, okay, well, that was certainly a seminal moment in your life. I think, you know, your birth is, is probably <laughs> has to count as a, as a kind of a big moment. So I had that and, you know, and then just started to kind of compile all these different unique um, destinations and races, including the Boston marathon and uh, which I, which I ran in last year in 2019 um, I will say it was really fun to run the races. And um, as you guys know, because I've talked to you so much about this story, it was, I think, almost as much fun doing the research um, and uncovering, you know, these, these un uncovered, you know, gems of, of, of knowledge and information about his life. Well, I have to say, years ago, I ran the New York City Marathon with CeCe Sabathia's charity, the Pitch-In Foundation, and I was very open in the story about essentially taking like a day and a half to finish it. I think it was actually just under six hours. Meanwhile, you like just, you know, toss in there, oh, I finished third in the race. Um, <laughs> so I, th I think we've had a little bit different experiences with our running races, but oh, that is a really cool story. I, I remember back in the day when you called me into your office and asked me to teach you how to run a mile. And uh, I didn't really know how to do that in an office setting, but I think you figured out how to run a mile and, uh, and then some. Yeah, you may have taught me too well. It's, it's been fun. I've done, you know, the, the three marathons, Philadelphia, New York City, and Boston. And um, they've all been true, you know, highlights of my life. And, you know, among those races, you know, I, I tried to find some really unique races besides like the big city, you know, marathons that, that people know about. And, you know, one that I think helped make this story kind of unique or, or maybe even more unique than it, than it already is, was a race that I did last summer with a, with a real close friend from home. I, I dragged him up to this very rural town in Massachusetts, Easton, Massachusetts, to a half marathon, basically sponsored and, and named after Narragansett Beer. And the purpose of it was that it went through a couple of the towns that were in close proximity to where Babe Ruth had a farm up in Massachusetts, these very, very rural towns that he fell in love with when he played for the Red Sox. And of course, the other connection, as I've bragged to you guys about, was that it, this was a half marathon at a beer festival. And although Babe, the Babe didn't really love running so much, he did love beers. So it was fun to run that race. It could have been a little bit more fun if it wasn't 95 degrees at the end of it, but definitely fun to raise a, a glass uh, with a cold beer to the babe after after running 13 miles out, truly in God's country, which he fell in love with all those years ago. Well, it, it's a really cool piece, and I, and I I know I look forward to reading it. I am sure our readers do too. It is, I have to say, one of the truly great things about our magazine is we we, we do a lot of work on the nuts and bolts. We cover baseball very well. I would say we know how to write about stats. We know how to write about narratives. We know how to write about people. 
I, I just don't think there's too many baseball publications that choose to pursue these topics in ways this unique, and I'm glad that we're able to do it. So that's a piece to look forward to. Obviously, I imagine the sequel to it as Al chases down the life of every single Yankees player in Monument Park um, and, <laughs> and, and runs races in their lives. You can look forward to that in 2021 and 2022. <laughs> the, the triathlon for uh, the life of Mickey Mantle is going to be extremely interesting, I think, for everyone to look forward to. Yeah, I'm sure there's some great races in in uh, commerce, commerce. Uh, Oklahoma. I just haven't haven't found them yet. Someday. No, it, it's just a great story. Out, nice work on it. I, I think that I was uh, inspired by your uh, mention of you know drinking some beer and uh, the babe's honor. One thing that I've certainly been doing quite a bit of during these days of quarantine is drinking beers. Perhaps uh, I could turn that into a story somehow. I'll, I'll keep brainstorming on how that could become a story. Uh, yeah, uh, work I hard sure at it. Yeah, yeah. Work very I want to make sure these are tax deductible or something of that nature. <laughs> in in reality, though, obviously, th- this is the kind of stuff that we look forward to that we we, we do in in unique fashion, in great fashion. It, it's. It's also, and if I can be a little earnest and sincere for a second, it's it's one of the hardest things for me about what's going on right now, and I and I mean this carefully. Obviously, there are true tragedies in the world right now, and there are things that you know can't be papered over with some good baseball coverage and things like that. I, I really I love telling baseball stories and I love writing about baseball. But one thing I know that we've all spoken about a lot over the years is how much I enjoy getting to travel to find baseball stories and to find interesting people. By virtue of working for the Yankees, I've spent a couple of days over several trips to the Dominican Republic, a place that I had never been before. And I've learned and I, and I, and I like to say I haven't dropped in and, you know, gone to the beach or anything. I've really tried in the few days I've been there to, to learn as much as I can in, in those short trips about, you know, how, how, how people live and how they think and how they interact. And I, I hope we get back to a point where we get to not just watch baseball, but where we get to cover baseball in that way. There's obviously very glamorous trips that we get to take sometimes. And I don't know who from our department was going to be covering, say, the All-Star Game this year. But it's very easy to psych yourself up to cover the All-Star Game in Los Angeles, you know, spend four days in L.A., it doesn't have to be that, though. Uh, some of my most memorable experiences uh, writing about baseball have been in, you know, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania or Akron, Ohio or, you know, a- a- any place like that. And I bring up the Dominican Republic because I-, I got to spend some time earlier this year before any of this really broke out in America with Jason Dominguez down there, who I've been fascinated about since I started reading about him a few years ago. And let me assure you, was... 70 to 80 times more fascinating than I expected. But that's something that I think about constantly is we'll get baseball back. Like you've said, Al, I I really can't wait to find the the way to get back to telling these stories that we're so excited about. And frankly, it it, it might take a little while, you know, we're not going to be traveling as much just because the world's not ready for things like this to happen yet. But I know and I'm grateful for the ways that Yankees Magazine writers have stuck with us up to this point. I'm grateful for the ways that our bosses have always supported the storytelling efforts and initiatives that we take on. And I know I I just I, I really whether it's 2021 or 2022 or whenever it is that we can really, really get after it in this way again, 
I'm just so excited to get back on the road someday to find interesting people and interesting stories to tell. Because if there's one thing that I think Yankees Magazine can hang its hat on, it's that we do try to find these unique ways of telling stories. We do try to find these unique angles and these interesting people. And that is over 40 years what's made this magazine so special. It's something I've talked about for a long time. It's it's truly a labor of love. You know, whether I'm writing, you know, about, you know, Babe Ruth and running races or, you know, any of our current players, it doesn't really matter. Getting to have the opportunity to, to really infiltrate the lives of these great players in ways that really no other news or media outlet is able to do. The, the way you're able to, to do that when you are, you know, with a player that just signed with the Yankees in the Dominican Republic or wherever it may be is special. It's, it, it lends itself not only to special stories, but special experiences. That's what I love about this podcast. That's what I love about, you know, ways that we promote you know, really the, the backstory to the story that you read in the magazine or that you see online is there's always a story behind the story. You don't go to the Dominican Republic and, and spend a couple of days with a player without taking home an amazing anecdotes that don't even make the, the pages of Yankees magazine. Like I said, someday it, it, it's going to be back. Someday we're going to get to do this stuff again. Someday we're all... I don't just mean the three of us. I mean, all of our listeners. I mean, Yankees fans everywhere, baseball fans everywhere. We're all going to be back together. In the meantime, this has been one of the hardest weeks of my life, uh, just watching some horrible things on television, reading all these things. And I just hope that you know we can all find some ways to join together and, and listen to the people around us and hear what people are saying. And I hope everyone stays safe. And I hope that we, we come around on the other side of this, a stronger society and, and and everything of that nature. But guys, just for about an hour here, it's been it's been good to talk about baseball for a little bit because it's kind of hard to talk about anything else right now. Uh, so if everyone will just do everything you can to, to listen to the people who are talking to you and hear the messages that they have to tell you. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. We will be back in two weeks. Obviously, as we know anything about you know, when we're going to start publishing again or when the magazine will come back, the best way to find out stuff of that nature is by following us at Yanks Magazine on Twitter. Of course, you know the stories that we mentioned that we've put up recently, you can be looking for those at yankees.com slash magazine. Please make sure to go to yankees.com slash podcasts or wherever you get podcasts and subscribe to this, the Yankees Magazine podcast, but also our other show, Deep to Left with Bucky Dent which is getting better and better every week. I hope that you'll agree if you listen. And that's that. We'll speak to you all in two weeks. I think that hopefully two weeks we're, we're, we're talking differently and, and we know a little bit more and, and, and the world's you know a little better and a little calmer. But in the meantime, guys, thanks for chatting. I'll speak to you all soon. Hi, this is Adam Adovino. For more stories like these, subscribe to Yankees Magazine by visiting yankees.com slash publications or by calling 800-GO-YANKS. The MLB Ballpark app will complete your next visit to Yankee Stadium. Buy and manage game tickets, redeem special check-in offers, access exclusive content, and much more. Download the MLB Ballpark app today.